You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Wednesday. We've got a lot to talk about today. It's all going to be NFL talk. We're going to talk about Philly and their collapse. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson when it comes to his playoffs. We're going to talk about Jordan Love and his domination and how good he's gotten this year. We're also going to talk about playoff teams from last year to this year. Has it changed? Maybe, maybe we'll talk a little bit of college football at the end. But that's going to be the main stuff we talk about, and we will get to that momentarily. All right, so I want to start out with playoff teams in the NFL because this has become a a theme. I don't have the exact numbers broken down, but essentially what it comes to is you take every team that made the playoffs in the NFL in one year, and the next year you just say half of those teams that made it the year before aren't making it in the next year. It's just it's amazing to look at because you're just like, oh, how is this team not going to make it? How is this team not going to make it before the season starts, obviously? And then injuries to Joe Burrow happen. Injuries to so many quarterbacks that have happened this year. You know, that's how it happens because you can't predict injuries. You can't predict injuries to quarterbacks or top players or teams' offensive lines, whatever the case may be. And if you look at it this year, this year we actually have a lot of returning teams. It's not going to be half, at least I don't think. Obviously, not every spot is settled. So let's start in the AFC. Last year, your AFC playoff teams were Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Baltimore, and Miami. We know for a fact that Cincinnati and the Chargers are out. So seven AFC teams, two of them are definitely not coming back in the playoffs this year, and that's the Bengals and the Chargers. They have been mathematically eliminated. We know Baltimore is in. We know Kansas City is in. They're both division winners. Baltimore is obviously the number one seed. We know Miami is in. They have clinched a spot. The teams that we don't know are Buffalo and Jacksonville. So we have three teams from 2022 playoff that are in it this that have definitely come back and are in it again. Two teams that definitely aren't in it in Cincinnati and Jackson, the Chargers. And then there's two teams that, look, all Jacksonville has to do is win in Tennessee, and they're in. All Buffalo has to do is win in Miami, and they're in as the two seed. So it's very possible we might have five repeat teams in the AFC. Buffalo can even lose to Miami and still get in the playoffs. But Buffalo and Jacksonville also have a chance to not even make the playoffs. There is that possibility. Because if Jacksonville loses, the winner of Houston and um, Indianapolis on Saturday, they are in. I think Jacksonville can still get in. They would need somebody else to lose. But the easiest path for Jacksonville is just to win. So... We'll know the result of Indianapolis and Houston on Saturday, but that'll just determine what happens later on in terms of what can happen to them, teams that if they win or if they lose. But right now, three solid AFC teams from the playoffs last year are back in it this year in KC, Miami, and Baltimore. Two teams are out and two teams are on the bubble, shall we say. Going to the NFC, your NFC playoff teams last year, Philly, San Francisco, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Dallas, the Giants, and Seattle. Well, we have almost kind of the same deal going into the last week of the season. There are two teams that are mathematically eliminated that made the NFC playoffs last year that won't be in it this year. The New York Giants 
and the Minnesota Vikings. Actually, Minnesota is still technically alive, but I think they need four teams to lose and they need to win. So they're like they're like under 1% chance of making the playoffs. So let's just say they're out. So two teams definitely out, Minnesota and the Giants. There are teams that are definitely in. Philly is in. San Francisco is in. Dallas is in. And then there are two teams that are on the bubble, and that's Tampa Bay and Seattle. Seattle is probably not getting in. They need a lot of help. And Tampa Bay. Look, all Tampa Bay Tampa Bay is in the same exact position that Jacksonville is in. Go win a road game against a bad team. All they have to do is beat the worst team in football, the Carolina Panthers, who are sitting there at 2-13, and 13, and Tampa Bay is the NFC South winner, and they are the four seed. If they lose, the winner of New Orleans-Atlanta in New Orleans is the NFC South champion, and Tampa Bay is out because they would be 8-9, and nine, and they're not getting in as a wild card. So, again, it could be as easy as Tampa gets in as well, and Seattle probably not getting in. So it's looking like we're going to have five teams in the AFC and four teams in the NFC that are repeat playoff appearances from last year, which is better than the norm because it's usually seven out of 14 that repeat and seven out of 14 don't repeat. But it's looking like we're getting nine. Possibly, I mean, if Tampa Bay wins... That's four teams that are the same, so four and five. Yeah, we're going to get nine. Um, it is possible that Tampa doesn't win, and they don't make the playoffs, and we're down to eight. And so that's a little more even. But it still is amazing because at the beginning of the season, when we were looking at it, you're just like, oh, my gosh, how did the Cincinnati Bengals not make the playoffs? Well, here's how they don't make the playoffs. Joe Burrow breaks a bone in his wrist, and he's out for the season. And you just can't predict that at the beginning of the season. I mean, look who's made it in the AFC. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, hasn't missed a game. Buffalo, while they still have not clinched anything, Josh Allen has not been hurt. Jacksonville, on the verge of clinching, but maybe not. And they're with, they might be without Trevor Lawrence for the last two games of the season. The Chargers had a healthy quarterback all year until he wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, they're out of the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, healthy all year, number one seed. Miami Dolphins, Tua, healthy all year, number two seed or the sixth seed. Uh, let's go to the NFC. Philly, Jalen Hurts, healthy all year. Brock Purdy actually played every game, but it was hurt for three games. Those are the three games that they lost. Uh, Minnesota loses Kirk Cousins, has four quarterbacks during the course of the year. They didn't make the playoffs. The New York Giants lose Daniel Jones. Not saying that Daniel Jones was going to lead them to the playoffs, but he did last year. He's not healthy. They don't make the playoffs. So is it really a wild take to say, you know what? If NFL teams don't lose their starting quarterback, they have a better chance of making the playoffs than missing it? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the hottest take in the world, but it is pretty amazing. Um, now, I want, to move on to, I want to move on to Lamar. And look. I said it yesterday on the podcast towards the end that it looks so simple to just be like, oh, well, the two number one seeds, the two teams that draw by, all they need to do is win two home games and they're in the Super Bowl. And that's all the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers have to do. And they would be meeting in the Super Bowl for the second time. And when was when did they meet in the Super Bowl, the Harbaugh Super Bowl against each other? When Jim Harbaugh took the Niners and John took the Ravens and the Ravens won in the New Orleans Superdome when the power went out right at the beginning of the third quarter. Remember that? 
I can't remember what Super Bowl that was, but that was within the last uh, 10 to 12 years, right? So here's Baltimore sitting at 13-3, and three, probably not going to play anybody this weekend. There's no need to. They've wrapped up the number one seed. Against, yes, they're playing Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh needs to win to keep their playoffs hopes, hopes alive. My guess is Baltimore doesn't play anybody. So they're going to go in, number one seed, 13-4. and four. And they've looked dominant at home all year long. They've looked dominant sometimes on the road. They just beat San Francisco badly on Monday Night Football two weeks ago. And everybody is just, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to win his second NFL MVP. And look, it might be as easy as, yeah, they're going to win their two home games and go to the Super Bowl. But I just need to remind you, back in the 2019 season, this is the exact same thing we heard about the Ravens team. Do you remember what that Ravens team finished in the regular season? 14-2, and two, number one seed in the AFC, drew a first-round bye. And who did they get in the second round? The Tennessee Titans, and they got them in Baltimore, obviously, at home. And the Tennessee Titans beat them by two touchdowns. And the Titans were 9-7 and seven on the year. So you can say whatever you want about it looks so easy for Baltimore. It's not going to be. But that's not to say they can't lose. I'm just saying all you got to do is go back four years ago where Baltimore is literally in the same position. They were 14-2, and two, were dominant that season, and they lost to a 9-7 and 17 in the first round team, a 9-7 and 17 in the first round or the divisional round of the playoffs after drawing a bye. I remember that game. Baltimore looked terrible. Lamar played terrible. Lamar has 1-3 in his playoff career. He's thrown three touchdowns and five interceptions in his playoff career. He has a QBR rating in the 50s in his playoff career. So he's been great. He's going to be a two-time NFL MVP. But it doesn't mean anything come playoff time. You know, for his sake, because it's going to be rain down on Lamar Jackson if he doesn't at least get to the Super Bowl this year. He certainly can't go one and done. If he gets to the AFC Championship game and they host it and they lose by a field goal at the end, I think, you know, unless he throws four or five picks or something ridiculous, I don't think he'll get a ton of blame, but it'll still be out there. You know, the stigma will be there that he can't win the big one. And unfortunately, that's the way we roll in sports, you know, when we talk about it. But it all depends on how he plays. But in four career playoff games, the stats are there. He's one in three. He's thrown three touchdowns. He's thrown five interceptions. And... He was a 14 and two number one seed that couldn't beat a nine and 17 at home, and not only that, they lost by two touchdowns. It was 28 to 12. They lost that game. I mean, they got dominated by Tennessee in that game, and then Tennessee went on to lose to Kansas City in the AFC Championship. But that's what I'm saying. Like it can happen. It doesn't look like it on paper. I mean, who is Baltimore going to play? Well, we don't know yet, but they're going to play the lowest remaining seed. So they're either going to play. The four, five, six, or seven, which it's looking like, you know, um, in the AFC, the four seed is going to be, you know, the AFC South winner. It looks like Jacksonville still could be Indy, still could be Houston. So Baltimore is either going to play Jacksonville, Indy, Houston, Cleveland, Buffalo, or Miami, and possibly, or possibly Pittsburgh. I mean, they have that many options because they're going to play the lowest remaining seed. After next week, we will know who they could play. Basically, you just eliminate the two and three seed. Anyone after that, they can possibly play because um, they the number one they reseed in the NFL. The number one seed plays the lowest remaining seed. So if the five, six, 
uh, if if five beats four, which is Cleveland beating Jacksonville, Indy, or Houston, which can definitely happen, if five beats two, if five beats four, or six beats three, or seven beats two, uh, well, first you got to start at the lowest one, seven. If they beat if they beat two, that's who's going to play Baltimore. So it, it's very early, but I just laid I laid out for you every team it could possibly be. Basically, the only teams that Baltimore can't play in the divisional round is Miami or Kansas City because those are going to be the two and the three seeds. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Miami could end up being the sixth seed, see? Because if Buffalo beats Miami, they're the two seed. Uh, yeah, Buffalo becomes the two seed, Miami goes to six. So the one team that they definitely can't play is um, Kansas City in the divisional round. After that, anybody still with one week left in the season, they could possibly play. So we just keep that in mind as we look forward to the playoffs this week, uh, starting next weekend. And it is still pretty crazy when you look at this playoff format that the Buffalo Bills going into the final week of the season could be the number two seed in the AFC. They could also end up as the sixth seed, and they could also end up out of the playoffs. And here's how. If the Steelers and the Jaguars both win on, well, the Steelers play Saturday. They have the first game on Saturday, and they're at Baltimore. And we know Baltimore is probably not going to play anybody because they've already wrapped up the number one seed. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. So they're not going to play their starters, and Pittsburgh can clearly still make the playoffs. So they're going to try hard. Is it impossible to believe the Steelers could beat the Ravens? Absolutely not. So if the Steelers win and the Jaguars win, and the Jaguars just have to win at Tennessee, a 5-11 and team. So if those two things happen, and the Texans and Colts game, which is on Saturday night, if that doesn't end in a tie, which you know probably won't, that means the Bills game. So we're gonna know actually because Steelers and Pittsburgh, or Steelers and Baltimore, and uh, Texans and Colts, and then are, are Saturday's games, and then Jaguars play, I believe, Sunday morning against Tennessee. We're gonna know by Sunday afternoon because the Bills game is until Sunday night. So when the Bills take the field Sunday night in Miami, they are going to know. Holy shit, if we don't win this game, we're not making the playoffs. Because this, if the Steelers and Jaguars had already won and the Texans Colts doesn't end in a tie, which is very, very likely that those three things happen, then the Bills game on Sunday is basically for a playoff spot. Win, and the Bills win the AFC East and get the two seed. Lose, and they're out of the playoffs. So right now that line is Buffalo minus three. I can guarantee you now, if the Steelers win on Saturday – in the first game of the day, and the Texans and Colts don't tie on the Saturday night game, and the Jaguars win in a Sunday morning game, that Buffalo line is going to jump to six. It, because now their whole season is riding on the game. If the Steelers or Jaguars lose, then Buffalo can lose to Miami and still get in the playoffs. So keep an eye on that if you're interested in betting that game. But just that is something that I don't think I've ever seen before going into the final game of the season. You could be the two seed or you cannot even make the playoffs. That's crazy. One team that I think in the NFC, because we've talked about the Philly collapse against the Arizona Cardinals and, you know, up 21 to six at halftime at home. And all you got to do is beat the Cardinals and at the giants and all you, and you wrap up the number two seed in the NFC. And Philly loses at home and blows a 21-6 halftime lead. So now you're just like, okay, wait a second. You know, now it looks like basically all Dallas has to do is win in Washington, who's basically given up on the season. Washington is basically fighting for a high draft pick. They're 4-12. and 12. 
Dallas already killed them once this season by four touchdowns. What makes you think they can't go into Washington in the last game of the season? I know that it'll be like, hey, rah-rah, you know, probably Ron Rivera's last game because they're going to shit-can him the second the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter. But, you know, maybe it's the, you know, spirited effort. Maybe they play good for a quarter or a half or whatever, but I don't think anyone thinks the Commanders are going to beat the Cowboys. So all the Cowboys have to do is beat the Commanders. Shit, they've been installed as two touchdown favorites. If the Cowboys don't beat the Commanders, it'll be the most embarrassing loss of the season, and that's after losing to Arizona early on in the season. So let I, I think it's safe to say the Cowboys are going to beat the Commanders. So the Cowboys are getting the two seed, which means Philly is now slotted at the five seed. And the Philly will play the winner of the NFC South, which could still be New Orleans, could still be Tampa, could still be Atlanta. But Philly, you know, with with that particular matchup, Philly, I mean, is just falling apart. And nobody really understands why. Um, Offensively, they've just been not cohesive all season. I don't even know how to describe it because Jalen Hurts, outside of his turnovers, is still playing really, really well. And it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what the hell Philly is doing. But let's just say Dallas beats Washington. They're the two seed. And you're wondering, okay, well, who's going to get the seven seed in the NFC? Well, all the Green Bay Packers have to do is beat the Bears, and they're in. And probably at seven with the Rams getting the six seed. I think it's still possible Green Bay could move up to the six and Rams go to the seven seed if they finish, I think, with the same record because Green Bay beat the Rams. But let's just say you have the Dallas Cowboys slotted at the number two seed and the Packers at seven. Man, that is a team that I'm not sure I want to play because they are playing better. And Jordan Love is getting better and better and better. The history between the Packers and the Cowboys. Do you realize that Jordan Love this season has thrown for 3,800 yards and 30 touchdown passes? Which is pretty amazing. It's his rookie year. I mean, yes, he's been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for, what, three years? Was it three or four? It's been at least three years. He got one start here and there when Rodgers had COVID that one year. but And he's gotten a start when they were sitting starters and stuff like that. But first full year of starting, 3,800 yards and 30 touchdowns. Not bad. Do you realize in the history of Chicago Bears football, they've never had a quarterback that has done either of that? No quarterback in Chicago Bear history has ever thrown 3,800 yards, and no Chicago Bear quarterback has never even thrown 30 touchdown passes. And yet they have the number one pick in this year's draft. Caleb Williams, a generational quarterback, is sitting there at one, and all signs now, because Chicago has won 4 of 5 down the stretch and could easily beat the Green Bay Packers this Sunday and finish 8-9, and nine, all signs are pointing to They're bringing back Justin Fields, and they're bringing back Matt Eberflus, and they're going to run this thing back. Now, now if which means they would trade that pick. I don't think they would run it back with those people and keep the number one pick and take like, I don't think you take a wide receiver as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is. You don't take him with the number one pick. I think you can move back two or three spots and get him so you get more picks. That's what you would do, but. Bears fans, I know you're probably excited the way your team has played down the stretch. Justin Fields has shown you flashes of brilliance. I'm I'm so against this because you're judging Justin Fields on a five-game run over the span of the other 
two and a half years of football that he's played. Anybody can have a good run. And if you're going to give up, you're going to pass on Caleb Williams for Justin Fields also means you're going to have to pay Justin Fields the going rate for quarterbacks, which means are you willing to pay Justin Fields $35, $40 million a year? Justin Fields? Because he ended the 2023 season playing pretty good? So what's going to have to happen? And I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do. But it is amazing. I did not know that. I did not know there hasn't been a quarterback in the Bears' history that's even thrown for 3,800 yards. It's not like we're asking for a Bears quarterback to throw for 4,500 yards, 5,000 yards. No, hasn't even thrown for 3,800 yards and not even 30 touchdowns. 30 touchdowns. And, you know, for the most part, this was you know the history of football. There's only been two years where we've had 17-game seasons. So in the history of football, 16 games in a season. That's less than two touchdowns, averaging two touchdown passes a game. Less. And the Bears haven't been able to do that. But, like I said, going into this Sunday's game, you can say, like, oh, Green Bay, they must be home game. Home game against the division rival. All they got to do is beat them and they're in the playoffs. The same exact situation laid out for the Green Bay Packers last year on a nationally televised Sunday night game. It was the last game of the regular season. Green Bay versus Detroit. Detroit had won 7 of 9 coming into the game. They had been eliminated from the playoff race earlier in the day. They had absolutely nothing to play for, and Green Bay had everything to play for. And Green Bay had the game at home. They win, they're in the playoffs. And Detroit went in there and manhandled them. Green Bay didn't make the playoffs. Detroit ends the season 8-2. and two. Probably the momentum they carried into this season and why they played as well as they did. You could see it last year that something clicked after the first six or seven games of last year. And as I said, they ended eight and two in their final 10. And then this year, what, 11 and five? I mean, this is a good team. And I I think that was such a statement win in that last game of the season when they had nothing to play for. They were eliminated. Not only were they eliminated, they were eliminated hours earlier. So it's not like all week. They knew, well, we, we can't go. We, we can't go to the playoffs. They literally found out hours before. Who could get excited to play a game like that? Well, Dan Campbell got his guys fired up, and they beat the piss out of the Packers. I don't think the score, it's not like they beat them by four touchdowns, but if you watch that game, if you remember that game, it's clear domination. And there's nothing more the Bears would like than to knock their arch rivals out of the playoffs. So... There's a reason that line isn't ridiculously high. And I, I'm going to stay away from it because it's not a game that I'm interested in betting because I could see, of course, I could see Green Bay winning. I could see the Bears winning. Like, it's just, it's such a, t- it's a divisional game to end the season. Very tough to call. And you could say, like, well, why wouldn't you pick the team that has everything to play for versus the team that has nothing to play for? Because this happens every final week of the NFL season. It's not that easy. If if it was that easy, again, we'd all be millionaires because we would just look at the schedule and be like, all right, who has something to play for and who doesn't? Oh, this team has something to play for? We're betting them. It doesn't work out that way. It's not that easy. And talk about wanting to get revenge. You don't think the Bears want to go into next season winning five of six, finishing eight and nine after a one and five start and knocking their arch rivals out of the playoffs? Of course they do. So... Just be careful of that game. It screams to bet the, the the Green Bay Packers. I get it, but 
It's just never that easy. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. The Daily Roundup is up if you want to check that out. We are back tomorrow, obviously, with another Sports Daily. Talk some NFL and uh, more college football. Again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.